0: dears and buenas noches, senors and senoritas. Welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International on Tojanette, Correct Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, my co-host, the Ghost Finder General himself, Mr. Richard Phillips. Good afternoon and good evening. Ah, you Hi are you? there. You know, I was holding my breath. I wasn't sure. I could hear this heavy breathing, but, you know, I hear that a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely me.
0: And uh, so is the snow gone there? I mean, all that yep. global warming all over or, or what?
2: Yep, it's all gone. I'm, I'm very disappointed because I love the snow. I love the ice and the frost. Uh, but unfortunately, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's warm and it's wet.
0: Well, what you going to do, really? Now you mm. weren't here last week; you were up uh, doing yeah. something cool, right?
2: Yes, I was. I was. Uh, we, we've we've just started the second of. We're looking for the UK's best medium. And, Not well, uh, as you know, know, we did the yeah, we did the um, Midlands um, right. uh, Halloween, and now we're doing the, the Northwest, which includes Liverpool and and Blackpool and that area. And we did the auditions on on Tuesday night. Unfortunately, it would have been right. good if we'd done it live, wouldn't it?
0: But that would have been cool. That's yeah. something we had to work on.
2: Hey, yeah, we, we could. I suppose <laughs> it would be difficult, wouldn't it, on on either the phone or on Skype? But I, don't I think know. there's a possibility.
0: I really don't know.
2: Let's work on it, Ron.
0: I I think it's a great idea.
2: So do I. I mean, uh, we we've got the next. Um, the auditions for um, East Anglia, which is, which is Cambridge, Shire, uh, Norfolk, Norwich, and all that lot in, oh gosh, uh, March, I think. Um, yeah,
0: let's, let's see what we can do, shall we? I think so. But anyways, tonight we have actually a great guest. I actually had the pleasure of uh, talking with her before, and uh, she's a great author. And she's an all-around kind of neat person, so why don't we bring her on the line? Why not? And Let's do it. Kathleen, you there. I'm here. Hi, Kathleen. This is Kathleen, who's written the book, Don't Call Them Ghosts. So what should we call
3: them? You can call them anything you want to. That's the title of my book because that's a statement I made to my husband the first time he called them ghosts. Um, it was Christmas Eve, the first night we were in this particular house, and he had come in from uh, church, it was midnight mass, walked over to the fireplace where I was standing and said, how are your little ghosts this evening? And I turned on him like a snake and said, don't call them ghosts. <laughs> but <laughs> you can call enough. them anything you want to.
2: Now, so now, obviously we're... you live in a very haunted house. Yes, I Lived. 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 That's Lived. the key. Yes. Well, you moved out because you were so frightened of them. Well, why don't
0: oh, we no. ask Kathleen about this? How, how... <laughs> Get into a haunted house and, uh, you know, what, what what started it all?
3: Well, in 1971, my husband and I moved into a, a house. It was a very beautiful old home in the Portland area of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, we didn't know it was haunted when we moved in. Probably wouldn't have done it, but you didn't have to have a disclaimer at that time. Now, today you do. If you suspect your house is haunted, you have to tell any potential buyers. But in 1971, you did not.
2: Kathleen, let me stop you. Let me stop. Are you, are you saying to me that now, over there in the United States, you you actually have to sign a disclaimer?
3: You have to disclose it. Yes, you do.
0: If you I think your know. house has
3: spirits in it, you have to. Then they can come back and get
0: you. Let, not let, the spirits. They can sue you. Wait a minute. Yeah. Let, let me interject something here. That, that actually varies from state to state. That's not a, a national law. So some states do require it. Some states don't.
2: States oh two.
3: boy. Okay. That's so. So in
2: Kentucky, this is law.
3: Well, I wouldn't say it's law. I don't know that. No. But I feel like you are really, in good conscience, I don't think you could do that to someone today.
2: Right. Well, actually, in in England, we've still got a law on the statute books that that you if you when you sell sell your house, cottage, or whatever, you're supposed to write at the bottom of the deeds, complete with incumbent.
0: Really? Yeah. And that's, that was a, that's, that's the law today
2: in England? Well, it's, it's, it's not enforceable, but 12 years ago, um, a, a gentleman near me took two ladies to court because they hadn't declared on the bottom of their deeds uh, that the house was haunted. But case? he lost the case. Uh, interesting.
0: Wow. So Catherine, anyway, carry Catherine. on. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> well, the second
3: day we... We were in the house, things started to happen, and that's when I knew immediately that somebody already lived in my house.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, did your husband believe you?
3: Um, my husband is a very wonderful person who doesn't have peaks and valleys and ups and downs, and, and he's very supportive of whatever I, I think or do. Um, but the first night this happened, well, may I tell you how what happened?
0: Two. Absolutely.
3: All right, the second night we were in the, in the house, um, we'd all gone to bed, and we heard this banging noise, just real loud, bang, bang, bang. And my husband said, did you hear that? Well, of course I heard it. <laughs> it was a really loud noise. And so he slipped out of bed, and he picked up a little handgun that he keeps handy, yeah. and he, he went to the top of the stairs. Our bedrooms were upstairs in this fine old home. And he didn't come back for a few minutes, and I thought, Okay. George George he didn't answer me. So I thought, Well it couldn't be burglars. Burglars try to be quiet if they're gonna break yeah. into your house.
1: Yeah.
3: So I slipped out of bed and I went to um down the hall and, and there at the landing George stood just transfixed at what he must have seen at the bottom of the stairs and so I walked over and and the inner doors to this house were banging open. There were there were inner inner uh, screen doors and outside doors double doors in the entry. Yep. And the inside doors were opening out and banging shut, opening out while and banging shut. While he was watching it. While he was watching it. And I stood there and watched the show for a few minutes. Mm. And neither and then it stopped and neither one of us said a word, not a word. We went back to bed. And George went right back to sleep and I laid awake <laughs> all night. And as I lay there I thought, okay, I know what that was. The outside doors were locked down. I mean, they were latched down. And there was no doubt in my mind. I didn't know if it was um, bad or, or maybe not bad or if, if it was one or two or three or whatever. But uh, by morning, I had been awake all night, and I had resigned myself to the fact that my house already had people living in it.
0: Oh, I say. But so, we, what did cover. you do? What did you do?
3: Well, when my husband went off to work that morning and my children went to school, I had a, an eight-week-old baby and he was sleeping, I went through the house from stem to stern, from the top to the bottom, went through every room, and said, OK, I know you're here. Don't hurt my family. Just don't hurt us. If you want us out of here, we will leave. But I need to tell you that we sold everything we owned to buy this house. So if we can live here together, we need to do that. Um, at the, I had another interviewer tell me, I would have been out of that house in a flash. I couldn't have lived there another day. Obviously, like, you have more money than
0: I do. It sounds like Richard. Richard would be that same way. But yeah, if well, if, I'm frightened of ghosts.
3: If you have children and you have a modest income, you can't really just go out and buy another house. No, of course you do So um, I went through the house pleading with whatever was in it, just not to hurt anyone in our family. If they didn't want us there, we wouldn't be there. And uh, But if we could, we had to live there together. And I got down, I got all the way through the house, and I sat down in the kitchen, and I thought, okay, there's one more place I haven't I haven't gone to, and it was the cellar. that was now outside oh, in the boy. cellar, and I thought, I have to go down there. I have to talk to whatever's in this house. <laughs> I went downstairs, and in the cellar, there's a dirt floor, and there's one light bulb in the middle of it with a big pull string on it, and I thought, okay, I have to go over there and turn the light on because I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> and as I went over there, I... Uh, I stepped on something squishy, and I didn't know what it was, so I pulled the light on, and I jumped about 10 feet at the same time. And there on the cellar floor were my husband's shoes, shoes he had slipped out of the night before at the side of the bed, which shouldn't have been in the cellar.
0: Oh, wow. Uh
3: So I ran back upstairs and sat down in the kitchen, and I just thought about this for a minute, just thought about everything, and then I started smiling, and I thought, okay, all right. This Playing games. Is, this is a youngster. This is a youngster. Yeah. Somebody that was going to hurt you wouldn't hide your shoes in the cellar. Yep. And, um, and one at a time, it was revealed to me, they were revealed, there were three children in the house. And one of them was a real prankster, and I, I contributed that to the little boy mm-hmm. who I assumed to be about 10 or 12. But there was a little girl, and I think she was about that age too, somewhere in the 10 to 12 age, and then there was a baby. Yes. Who all became known to me as Buddy, uh, Angel, Girl, and the Baby, oh, the Baby. And over time, after five years, these children became an extension of my own family, and that's the honest to God's truth.
0: I
2: believe you. I believe everything you're saying. Okay. <laughs> what? I've got so many questions, Ron. I'm not trying to take over, but. No, no,
0: no, Richard. I, I, you know, I've, I've really I've had the honor of speaking with uh, Kathleen before, so. I I want
2: to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I just, I mean, first question, how old's the house?
3: The house was built prior to 1850. That's as far back as I could go uh, with our records here, because there was a flood, a serious flood in Louisville in 1937, and it destroyed records prior to 1850. So I couldn't go back any further than that. And there was a marker outside the house, but somewhere over the years the the marker was taken away or stolen, but it did have a... A marker that said the Fontaine Mans on it.
2: What a shame. So, what happened to these children that's caused them still to be here?
3: They're not here now. You have to oh, read the book. It has a very good solution, uh, a heart-wrenching solution that, that tore my heart out. But yeah. the, the children are no longer on this earth. So, but I feel so. What like- happened
2: to them that kept them there when you when you moved in?
3: Well, let me tell you what I think happened. Yeah, come on. Because I did, I did do a lot of research yeah. with this and went to the Philston Club here locally and, and was even able to obtain the Fontaine Bible uh, and the census records for that time. But I think yeah. at the turn of the century, there was um, an epidemic of scarlet fever in Louisville, yeah. and I think they died of scarlet fever. I think the first to go was the, the boy, yeah. and I just don't think he knew how to leave or that he would not leave without his siblings, I think they were all ill with this scarlet fever, mm-hmm. and he, he wouldn't leave without his siblings, and yeah. so by the time the baby died, he didn't know how to leave.
0: Oh.
3: Now that's Gosh. just my own, my own yeah. feeling.
2: And, and did you communicate with them, Kathleen?
3: I certainly did. I, I did, I know. Yep. I know there are people out there thinking, okay, they're going to no, come with a butterfly no. net and take her away. No, but, no, yes, no. I did. When this first started, I, I had to talk to them initially to find out who was there and if they were going to hurt my family. And yeah. then as it went on, I feel like um, if you walk like the mother and talk like the mother, you get to be the mother. Yeah, yeah. And Where
2: I, was their mother and their father?
3: Where was their mother? Oh, yes, gone. I think they watched their parents die. I, I think they passed away and then watched their own parents die. But again, that's my, my thoughts after I lived yeah, there yeah. five years. And, and yes, I talked to the children all the time. I they didn't talk back, that. but I talked to them. I knew they were present and I knew what was going on.
2: Yeah. Did you see them?
3: I saw them, each one. I saw the little girl on three occasions, and then I saw all three of them the morning we were moving the very morning oh we are going goodness. to move. Um, I, I had talked with them, and then they all, bless God from whom all blessings flow, they all appeared to me that morning before we left, and things happened rather quickly. But yes. it, it, it did resolve. Very happily it resolved.
2: Really? Tell us more, please.
3: Well, what do you want me to tell you?
2: Well, I want I, to know, first of all, you, you, you lived with them for five years. Yes. Um, and they became an extension of your family, which is They did. Fantastic. I bought these
3: children Christmas presents. Oh, I know. Don't laugh. I know. No, one,
2: listen. No, you're so wrong.
3: One critic told me that you didn't believe that for a minute, and that well, uh, that was toothachingly sweet.
2: <laughs> yeah. What about your children? Did, did they know about them?
3: You know, my husband and I thought we had this great secret. We thought we had this Mm. great secret all these years. And then when Llewellyn was going to publish the book, they they told me to ask the children, each one of my grown children now, how they felt and what they thought about the house when we lived there. And we found out only then, in 2004, that each one of the kids knew about it. They each one had their own stories to tell about it, and we didn't have a secret at all.
2: Uh, So they'd seen them, heard them? uh,
3: Now, my youngest son was born very prematurely, and he didn't talk until he was over three years old. And I go into this into the book, which made him a very willing playmate for these yeah. children because he couldn't talk and didn't talk until he was well over three. And he he played with them all the time. I mean, you, I could tell. I could watch. And um, the others, they didn't say anything if they saw them or talked to them. But, uh, well, if you read the afterword in the book, you'll know that they all were very well aware of it.
0: You know, you know what's interesting, you know what that too Richard is that uh, when Christmas rolled around, Kathleen you had a interesting solution
3: well, I, like I said, I did buy Christmas gifts I did and I put a little Christmas tree a little ceramic tree in the attic where they resided, and right. um, the the little boy, the teenager the young young boy uh, mm-hmm always played with a basketball he played with my my youngest oldest son's basketball and made a lot of racket upstairs now i have to go to the stairs and say quiet down you're going to wake up my baby yeah. and so at christmas time i bought him a nerf basketball set oh, but sorry. unfortunately he never played with it he continued to play with the real basketball but i bought him a nerf basketball and then i bought the little girl um a perfume called heaven scent
0: mm.
3: and i bought the baby a yellow Play blanket because my my own baby had a little blue blanket and oh. he carried it around with him, and so I bought the other child a yellow one.
2: Did you ever get um, evidence that they'd that they'd actually touched them, held them, used oh, the yes. perfume, snuggled the yes. blanket?
3: Yes, there was an occasion when uh, I could smell the perfume. There was a, a serious incident with my youngest son. And I knew this little girl had actually pulled my baby from a bathtub that was that he would have drowned in. He would have drowned in his tub. But um, when I would talk to them, I would go upstairs to the attic. There was a porthole window in the attic. It had stained glass around it. And I knew that's where they were because that's where I – I mean, I just discovered that. And you have to read yeah. the books to tell, tell how you don't have that right. much time on the radio. Right. But um, I went up there with these gifts and sat down and um, – as I flipped out the little yellow blanket and laid it on the floor, I could see it scrunch up. It scrunched up, and I knew the baby was crawling on that blanket.
0: Yeah. You and are I- listening to the Ghost Chronicles International with Ron Kolick and Richard Felix. Our very special guest is Kathleen O'Connell, who's written the book, Don't Call Them Ghosts, which is a very, very good book. I know it was one of my wife's favorites, actually.
2: I need a coffee.
0: And, and it's McDonald's, not o- O'Connell. <laughs> I got my Irish mixed up. <laughs> uh, can't it, can't it's we really,
2: extend the show, Ron? I think. Yeah. Can't we extend the show? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really a, it's a really good book. It's published by Llewellyn, and uh, it's it, it's simply amazing. I mean, when you think about uh, someone moving into a haunted house, they always think of the worst. You know, yeah. they think of evil demons and and all you know, things that go bump. Here, she had uh, children which is, you know, totally different. Now, um, so you you had absolutely no grown-ups during during, uh, Haunting the House as well. It was just the children,
3: correct? No, it was just the children. That's right. Right. We didn't tell anyone about it because we didn't want people to uh, make fun of us. We didn't want people to come and say, oh, you live with the the ghost. We didn't want the children to be ridiculed at school. We didn't tell anyone, Mm -hmm. not until we Mm -hmm. moved.
2: What made you move, Kathleen?
3: Um it became necessary that I get closer to my mother. My mother fell right. and and broke a couple of bones and I thought we've got to get closer to my mother. And uh she lived in New Albany, Indiana, which is across the bridge and out in the county a little bit. And it just came about that we had to get I had to get closer to take care of my mother. And that was a whole other episode with um Rationalizing, the children knew something was going on. This, this spirits knew something was going on, and it became very unpleasant. Some of the things they weren't happy about us moving.
2: And, and what um, did they do?
3: Um, well, you know, you hear people talk about it gets really warm, it gets really hot, or, or really cold. It gets really cold. And um, as my time passed with these children, it got warmer. You know, I thought, well, they had warmed up to me. You know, it was yeah. it was easier. But during the time when I knew we were going to have to move away, it started getting really cold in the house, and I knew that that's what was going on. They were unhappy, and they were letting me know that they were unhappy, because they knew we were, we were getting ready to move. And I had told them, if you can go with us, come, go with us. And what
2: Did they say, did they talk to you, did they say, no, we can't? I mean, because I, I believe that a lot of uh, spirits are, are territorial. And, and tend to be, you know, stay where right, where they died. Right. Yeah. They
3: they didn't tell me, they couldn't tell me. I, I we couldn't communicate like that. Right. But um I, I just felt like if they could, they would. But I, it wasn't to to be, it was to be for them to come with me, but it did get resolved. Um I thought it was going to rip my heart out.
0: Yeah.
3: Because these children were had t- literally become part of my life.
0: And and it's interesting is, uh, Kathleen, how did you select this house to purchase in the first place? Pardon me? How did you select this house to purchase in the first place?
3: Oh, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. We were having a new baby. I told you my my youngest was eight weeks old when we moved into the house. So we we were looking for a bigger house. And I fell in love with this house the minute we saw it. It was a grand old state, the old Victorian house. Just loved it. And um, I had never lived in anything so fine. I'm, I'm from the country. I lived in a, a farmhouse all of my life. And uh, let me back up a little bit. I have to okay. back up before I ever married George McConnell. Um, my previous marriage, I was working at a bank in Louisville, and I, I used to ride the city bus to Louisville. I would park in at the depot in New Albany and ride the city bus downtown Louisville. And we passed this house this house where these children are, and I would see in the window of this house from the bus, I we walked, I went past this every day, and this little girl in the nursery, would. I thought she was waving to me from the bus. I thought she was just waving as the bus went by. Mm-hmm. And the house was had been for sale. It was for sale then, and I think the house had been for sale maybe seven or eight years when we bought it. Good Lord. But um, we didn't think anything about that. Uh, Never gave right. you a second thought. But um, then one day after my husband and I had been married a while and we moved into the new house, I was walking my, my uh, middle son back from school. It was just a block away, and I would walk kind of walk backwards so I could watch the house and walk him the, the block to the schoolhouse and then cross him with the guard, the school guard. And then when I came back, when I would pick him up at noon from kindergarten and we walked back to the house... We were standing at the traffic light there, waiting to cross the street, cross the parkway. It's a four-lane highway. And I looked up into the window of the nursery and saw the little girl, and it was the same little girl I had seen from the bus all those years ago. All those years ago, it was the same little girl. And she hadn't changed, of course. No, no, not at all. And I was frozen to the spot, and my my youngster says, Come on, Mommy, we're going to get run over, because I just froze. I just froze in place. And what I had seen this, this same little girl
2: Wow, I mean, have you spoken to either the pre i mean obviously when when you bought the house the the i presume the the, the previous occupants had been gone for years, so well, did you buy it from an estate agent or something?
3: No, 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 we bought it from the owners from the previous owners and right. uh, uh, I didn't ask them. We didn't ask them any questions about that. No, the you answer.
2: don't ask, do you? No, no, the, no you but, all, you know, don't? many years I was a ghost.
3: Oh, many times I wanted to after we moved in and I saw what was happening. I wanted to call them and okay. ask them. And I, and I picked up the phone so many times to do that very thing, and I thought, no, she'll just think I'm crazy. She'll think I'm nuts.
2: Right. You never oh, you never I did didn't. them?
3: No. no. What
2: about the people that live there now?
3: Now, they're the same people that bought the house from us yeah. in 1975. And um, after the book came out, I thought, now, they're either not going to like this. I I didn't know how they were going to take it. Right. But um, they were very gracious about it, very gracious and very receptive to the calls they got and the people that wanted to come visit, you know, and see what was going on in this haunted house. And and I don't think they've had any experiences. They didn't say anything about it. But I do know the Fontaines had their family reunion here in town and invited Mm -hmm. me to talk. And um, they had a bus tour, and they stopped in front of the Fontaine Mance just to, you know, just so everyone could get a look at the house.
2: Wow, wow. So the, the new inhabitants, the, the ones that bought it off you,
3: uh-huh. they
2: haven't experienced anything?
3: No, I don't think so, because I believe they would have called me, because yeah. they know about the book, you know, and and they're well aware they've had a little notoriety of their own. Yes, of and course. And I think they would have contacted me had they had anything, but... That house was very void of anything when we moved out of it. It, it all yeah. resolved itself.
2: Oh, you—you you were saying that something happened. Yeah.
0: Um, and if you get the book, you'll find out. It's,
3: it's, don't ask me to give away the ending to this book. <laughs>
0: I can't do that. <laughs> I, I know Richard. He's a historian. He wants to know all the facts.
2: I did. I did. I did. Too. That's the whole point.
0: I did. But too. it is an excellent book. It's—it's it's well worth. Uh, Reading, uh, as I said, it's one of my wife's favorites, and in fact, the cover of the book has the little girl in the window, just as uh, Kathleen really? saw so many years ago.
2: Sounds. I tell you what, Kathleen, it sounds sounds like a damn good film could be made from this.
3: Well, more times than once, people have told me that, and I'll tell you, um, a producer named Eddie Kreitzer, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that because this is this is all true. I would not yeah. tell you if it were not. Of course not. Um, he did call me and wanted to make a book out of it, and but mm-hmm. he wanted it um, a lot more scary. And then oh, I oh, another, I had another it. producer to call and want to do the same thing. And I even had uh, the Discovery Channel to call me and want to uh, to do something with their um, oh the the um, I can't think of the segment that they do about spirits and hauntings.
0: Nothing goes to venture... What channel was it?
3: Discovery? Discovery Channel, they called. But everyone wanted me to make it scarier than it is. And if I do that, then it becomes a lie.
0: You see, that's
2: the problem with TV TV and and filmmakers. Uh, You've got to have the scare factor. Otherwise, they think people will switch off. And they're so wrong.
3: Well, it just... It had some frightening things, but none of it was horror. It was only frightening because we didn't know yet what was going on.
0: Well, guys, I hate to tell you, but we have to take a break. Kathy, you want to hold on for a little bit after the break?
3: I certainly will.
0: Okay. Okay. Great. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Colexton. We'll be right back after the following messages on Tojanet, F T R X, Ghost Gentleman, and the Ones.
1: Welcome to Talking Net, radio with a cutting edge. The creepy and the are kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly, kooky, the Parrax family. This shows a What Now? Helping women create the life they deserve with Lori Giles. Tuesday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on Toginet.com. If you need answers to life's tough questions, ask Lori. Lori Giles is a professional life coach and attorney focused on helping women get through important life transitions, and she's the author of the What Now? series. Through her coaching firm, You're Right Track, Giles has helped countless women cope with life-changing events such as divorce, empty nest syndrome, the death or disability of a spouse, and the challenges of coping with aging or sickly parents. Her unique perspective as both an attorney and life coach allows her to help women navigate through the legal and emotional practices of what-now moments and the psychological issues of gaining self-confidence to be a single parent and the stress of being a part of this scattered, frenetic lifestyle known as the sandwich generation. For more information on Lori and her books, go to LoriGiles.com. Don't miss What Now with Lori Giles. Tuesday afternoons at 4 Eastern, 3 Central on Toginet.com
0: back. You are listening to the Ghost Chronicles International on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel Beyond. I am Ron Kolick. With me is my good friend, Mr. Richard Felix from across the here. And also uh, today we have Kathleen McConnell who has written the book, Don't Call Them Ghosts, The Spirit Children of the Lord and Cain Man. So is a true story. But uh, I have a, actually a quick question. If anybody has a question for Kathleen or uh, please call it at 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. Now, Kathleen, I noticed in the book that you uh, gave them names. Now, wh- where did these names come from?
3: That's a good question. You know, no one's ever asked me that before. Um,
0: <laughs> Trust you, Ron. Yeah, figures. <laughs> I, think, I
3: think it was obvious that I didn't have a name for the little boy, so I just called him Buddy. Um mm-hmm because he, he seemed to be my, my youngest son's buddy. He was the one he played with. And then the little girl, um, since I knew she was a spirit, she was just an angel. Just, she just became angel yeah, girl. Yeah. It was that obvious that she was angel girl. And the baby, I never gave a name. He was always just the baby. The baby. Capital T, capital B, the baby. I say. And
0: now, you'll... Uh, sorry. That's, that's okay. Go ahead, Richard. Carry on. I, I got to say, now, the, the baby, uh, how do you, I mean, how do you know you have a spirit baby? You know, it, how old was the baby, did you think? And and what made you think that the baby was there?
3: I'm so glad you asked that. I'm so glad you asked me that question because shortly after we were in the house, I, uh, I had gone upstairs. I was making, making the beds upstairs, and I had a gate across the steps so my baby couldn't crawl out. And this was a little, oh, I guess... I guess we'd been there about three months the first time this happened to me. I'd gone up the steps, and the basketball was in the middle of the hall. Well, I just gave it a kick down to the end of the hallway, and it, it rolled. You know, I thought, well, Michael's left the basketball out for somebody to stumble over, so I just gave it a kick and it rolled to the end of the hallway. And I stood there for a minute thinking, okay, which bed am I going to make up first? And the ball rolled back to me. And I didn't think anything of it. Didn't think anything of it right off because it's an old house. You know, it's yeah. a very old house. It's probably, you know, maybe it's not uh,
2: slope or yeah.
3: not true or, or square. And yeah. so I, I just stood there watched the ball roll back to me because the the nursery is at the end of that hallway. And when the ball rolled back to me, I gave it a kick again because I'm a little bit suspicious why this ball is rolling back. And the ball rolled back to me again. So I sat down then, sat down in the floor, spread my legs open, and rolled this ball back down the hall towards the nursery. And when it rolled back to me again, I knew what was going on. Surely yeah. you played this game with your own toddlers mm. where you roll the ball back and forth. And I sat there and rolled the ball back and forth. Now, I know an adult or a teenager or even a Adolescent is not going to roll a ball back and forth between your legs. This no, is a toddler. No. This is a baby. And so that's how I knew I had a baby. And then, then as months went by and years went by, my own little boy, I would see him in the floor playing this same game, and they would roll the ball back and forth. Of course, there wasn't anyone you could see at the other end, but I knew what was going no. on. I would sit back in amazement every time yeah. and, and watch this, just sit back and in awe and watch this fall roll back. And of forth. course your your
2: children weren't <laughs> frightened, were they, of, of of the spirit children?
3: Well, I can't answer that for them because we didn't we didn't talk about it and no. I, we never suggested that the house had spirits in it. Um I think my middle son probably was um but I can't answer that question for you. My no, youngster was sure my baby wasn't
2: no, because again, it's the norm to them. They, they, it's only later that we we tend to get this silly fear thing after we started watching uh, horror movies, um, Hollywood stuff, and TV programmes.
0: Wait a minute, Richard. Wasn't it, wasn't it that you when you were young that used to pull the covers over his head for yeah. fear of the green ghost?
2: Yeah, I was. You've got it in one, uh, and that was from the age of four. But remember, I'd been influenced by children that were older than me that told me ghost stories, um, which frightened me of course.
3: And that's exactly why a producer wants me to make my my story something uh, that it's not.
2: Yeah, I know, it's so wrong. Um, uh, If only people started to realize how fascinating this this other world is. It doesn't have to be scary.
3: Every time I do a talk or an interview, I always tell the listeners or, or whoever's in the audience, Don't assume they're horrible or that they're scary. Don't assume that they're not. But just don't make the assumption that that you have to be afraid of them.
2: I start every every talk and lecture that I do with trying to explain to people that the profession of a ghost, if it had one, wouldn't be to scare you.
3: Oh, how lovely.
2: They're not there to get you at 3 o'clock in the morning at the foot of the bed.
3: Well, oh, bless you! That's true. That is so right.
2: Yeah, I know.
3: And there's well, so much more. But we what
2: we don't understand.
3: Exactly. But there's so much more in the world than just what you can see.
2: Of course there is. Wow! Yeah. What a story! Is this book available in the UK?
3: I don't know that. I do I, I I It, it has been sold to to three other countries, but they were all Muslim countries. Um, I don't know if really? it's available over there. It is out in Spanish. There's a Spanish edition, but that's here in the States, too.
0: <laughs> I can't
2: read Spanish.
3: I can't either. <laughs>
2: but <laughs> I have copies of it. No habla, eh? no. I What's think better? Ron's going to have to get a copy of this and send it to me.
0: Yeah, it's a very good book. Um, it's it's published by Llewellyn, and once again, the, the author of this is Kathleen McConnell. Uh, I'm always screwing that up. It's McConnell. I mean, it's an Irish name. How simple is that? But you know, yeah. Me. Yeah. I
3: wouldn't have my Scottish husband hear you say, "says Irish. Oh.
0: He's, oh, only oh, no. gen- hey, He's only second gen. He's only second generation here from from Scotland. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a difference between Scotland and Ireland. Well, there are of two people who live there. <laughs> i
2: just <kidding>. Let <laughs> me explain something very quickly, which has got absolutely nothing to do with ghosts at all. Yeah, there was a there was a, a tribe of Irish people, and they sailed across from Ireland to a place called Pictland. That meant the Painted Ones. And they colonized this place. Those people from Ireland were called the Scots. And that place became Scotland. Really? They were Irish.
3: What a piece of history. How's it all right, guys?
0: Thank you. Richard, you surprised me. They're all one. We, we want to thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, we really appreciate uh, the insight into the book. It's a great book, once again. Uh, Don't Call Them Ghosts Spirit Children of the Fontaine Mans, a true story by Kathleen McConnel.
3: Thank Connell. you for having Scottish. me. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you
0: so much. It's been thank wonderful you, to talk to you. Yeah, have a great day now.
3: You too. Bye bye. To
2: wow, that was pretty what cool. What about
0: that? Huh? Now, it's interesting that you. Mentioned mentions Scottish uh, how they were actually Irish. that's: Yes. Did you, did you ever hear about some lost monks that went out in a boat? Uh, they disappeared? No, oh, this is, is this in the old boat?: No, 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 it's not in my book. this is, oh. uh, I can't, for the life of me, recall their names, but they supposedly they came to America and uh, colonized America in certain spots. We have, a place about in, that. we have a place in Salem. Uh, I can get the name for them. Maybe by next show I'll, I'll dig it up. Yeah, what? Salem, Massachusetts? And we definitely uh, uh, had, uh, they supposedly landed at America's Stonehenge, and that's where they stayed. So.
2: Right, I didn't know that. Yeah. But, you know, when you think of this um, Irish Scottish connection, it's something that a lot of people. Um, don't know. And I say the Scots were Irish. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's not going to go over well nowadays. I can tell you that right now.
2: No, no There's still a there's still a um a place in in, certainly in Northern Ireland called Scotstown.
0: Interesting. Uh, I'm going to ask there. you a little bit about what happened over uh, last week, but uh, I oh, yeah. want to I want to uh, mention something myself. Uh, yes, sir. Last last night, Maureen and I went down. A, uh, a place in Boston uh, to do a, a bit with uh, Chronicle, Channel 5 Chronicle and uh, we were in this this very old and distinguished hotel that uh, was haunted of course and we, we did the shack hack or the hack shack or whatever the heck it's called, right? Yeah, yeah, are, yeah. I, are you familiar with that, right?
2: Yes, I am indeed.
0: Uh, it's similar it was, to the Ovalis, but it, yeah, it's very it picks similar. up it? radio waves, doesn't it? Actually, it is the um, I, I would say the predecessor of the obelisk. But, yeah, anyways, yeah. Um, the, the cool thing about it is we, we made contact with the Spirit and uh, we asked him questions with the Hack check. And um, I says, well, you know, it wasn't very talkative. I says, well, what if I paid you? How much would you uh, want? And, oh, that's what it said, actually. It said uh, uh, money. So I I, I took out some money. I think I had nine bucks on me or something. Put them on the camera. I said, I have nine dollars. you And it came back and it said, "Uh, 20? (laughs) No. I said, no, no, no. I only have nine dollars. Then it said, (laughs) (laughs) 220? It was funny. We carried on this little bit of a conversation. It was only a a little bit because the the, the piece was shot for Chronicle. But it was very interesting. And it got into this whole thing over currency. It was really funny. We had this little bodiding going on. Using the uh, uh, hack shack, and I thought it was kind of neat. So it does. It can work. Oh, it can work, we've had great success. Uh, we used it. Uh, we went on board a uh, B-17, and we, oh. used it, we used it on board a B-17, uh, it, and it was really uh, interesting. We had some very good. Obviously, a haunted after. B-17. Right, and, and the, okay. This is the funny part about it. It was haunted, but it wasn't haunted by anybody who you would think would haunt an airplane. It wasn't like a flight crew or uh, somebody. It, someone was, that had
2: worked on it, renovating it?
0: Exactly. Somebody built go, it. There you go, you see?
2: Yep. Somebody built Absolutely it. Absolutely amazing. My Isn't favorite it? airplane, Flying Fortress. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've dug them up, you know, in England, um, crashed one.
0: Really? Uh, there's, oh, yeah. There's, there's quite a few in England. Uh, yeah. In fact, really, there's quite a few ghost ones I here, too. Oh, there
2: are. Ron, Ron uh, it's in Derbyshire, which, of course, is where I live. It's, it's called, a place called the Peak District. And obviously, it's, they're, they're not mountains. They're um, hills. Um, and there are well over 75 crashed airplanes on, in the Peak District. Correct. Including a, a, a B-29 Super Fortress. Um, similar to was it Anola Gay, you know the one that bombed Hiroshima, B twenty four Liberator, um, B seventeen, and I've dug them up.
0: And now, now you've dug them up. I mean, uh, isn't that like almost desecrating a grave?
2: No, I don't think it is, um, because uh, there are times when we've actually um, found um, body parts. Well, obviously, we've stopped. Straight away, uh, and, and then the RAF have come in and, and actually found found the bodies, and then then doing something that is so important, certainly in the when it goes, it's called laid to rest, and actually giving them a decent burial. We have found um, dog tags um, from off a of Lancaster, um, an English bomber, and, and we found the dog tags and returned it to the Canadian um, family. You know, I mean, basically we're, we're sort of Certainly not desecrating it. We're, we're finding people's loved ones. Right.
0: Now uh, I, I, very I, seldom, very seldom. I know, I know in my book that uh, we definitely have one of the tales from the, the UK uh, about uh, the overexposed, which was a ship, uh, an airship that went down. Uh, yeah. I, I'm trying to think. It might have been a, a B-29, but uh, there's uh, quite a few ghost stories associated with that and uh, people finding, actually, uh, uh, things that belong to the crew and, and the crew yeah. being seen and everything. It's, it's quite interesting. I, I, you know the Sounds good. I mean, you, you always tell that story where you see the, the airplane pilot that's walking down the, the, the yep, runway. Across route. the apron back yeah. to the control tower. Well, you know what, Richard, in our book, which is, is basically 365 ghost stories from around the world, yeah, yeah. on the airstrips across the world, that story shows up. Really? Seriously? There you are, you
2: see young airmen, the whole of their lives in front of them, don't know they're dead, wandering back for help to the control tower. Oh boy. I'm actually um, uh, going to investigate a, a very haunted airfield uh, in Lincolnshire. Um, it's a Battle of Britain um, station and uh, fighter planes, obviously. Lots and lots of ghost stories, and it's still operational, but I've been invited to go there. Okay. I could do the show from there, couldn't I?
0: Uh, You could. could. We're talking, uh, Rich and I are talking about doing uh, a lot more shows on the road uh, from various haunted locations. I I can remember the last time you went to a haunted location where someone actually came into the chat room and said that they could see the spirit behind you and... Yeah, that was kind of interesting and the
2: following week the same thing happened to edward who was doing the ghost walk in there which was quite amazing
0: yeah yeah someone saw it anyways you're listening to ghost chronicles international with richard felix and ron colex the number is 877-864-4869-877-864-4869 if you have a question for either one of us or you can join us live in the toji net chat room or the pararex chat room so Richard, what happened over the last week? I, I know you weren't able to do the show last week, but uh, that's going right. On? I'm
2: very sorry about that. But no, I, I was okay. in Liverpool, which is about 100 miles away from me. Yeah, you know, doing the auditions.
0: We kept the, the, we, we, kept before... the stiff, we kept the stiff up a you know. Very good. Okay. Well done, yeah. sir. Yeah, very good. So you were in <laughs> the first uh, time I've let you down, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you were in Liver, Liver- we Liverpool. 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 Yeah. Uh, Derek
2: Akora's hometown. That. and we were doing the, uh, the, it's the the northwest of England, and we're doing the northwest best medium competition um, next month. Um, we've got we did the auditions, and we've got uh, six finalists. Um, very good. So we've got one or two from the Spiritualist Church. Mm-hmm. We've got a lady who is a staff nurse in a hospital, uh, a, a lady who's in the Army. Um, so we've got a really different sort of group of people.
0: quite, good it, quite it, impressed. You know what's interesting? You did mention nurses. Uh, there are quite a few nurses that do are sensitive. I, I found that out in yep. my travels so far. It, I think that's interesting.
2: But the fabulous thing about them is that I'm not saying other people aren't, But but we're talking here of credible people. You know what I mean? Policemen, firemen, um, uh, nurses, doctors, uh, and they see ghosts. Right. And we believe them because we say, well, they wouldn't make things up. They're a credible person. Which is, you know what I mean? It's different. We're sort of, um, we believe them, and yet you and I say we've seen a ghost, and they say, yeah, yeah. It's true. True enough. True enough. I think there'd be a very good TV series just based on, on interviewing credible people that have seen ghosts. Um, like, for instance, um, The Ghost in the White House.
0: Exactly. Winston yeah.
2: Churchill. He saw it. Yeah. Saw uh
0: Abe uh, Lincoln. The Queen of... Uh, yeah, that's in our book as well. Uh, we talked about uh, Abe Lincoln and uh, some of the people that, that spotted him in the White House. Yeah, the Queen uh, of...
2: Holland, I think it was.
0: Correct. Um, yeah. I right, isn't it?
2: She, she saw Abraham Lincoln. Yep. Get the heck out of him. There's the ghost of King George the the second, who who haunts um, Kensington Palace in 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 London. Yeah, this sort of thing, you know. Cr- cr- uh, the number of of paramedics that I've spoken to that that have ghosts in the back of their ambulances. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I had. I had. Uh, doing a talk in a very haunted inn in Wales and this lady put her hand up and she said, can you explain to me she said, I'm a paramedic, why I see ghosts in, in the back of my ambulance and I said no, no, not really, obviously it's because they, they died, they died in the back of the ambulance and she said, well I'll tell you a story um, a, a few weeks ago, me and my partner had, had just been on a call and we were, we were driving back from somewhere, slowly, in Cardiff, which is the, the, the capital town of, of, of Wales. And there was a guy stood at the bus stop, um, long white beard, an overcoat, bald head. And he, as we were going by, he, he stepped towards the, 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 the edge of the road and waved to us. And then my partner slammed his foot on the brakes and stopped. We turned around and looked back. He wasn't there, and they both agreed that that was the old guy that they picked up the week before that died in the ambulance.
0: That's right. Now, explain that. Yeah, I don't know. So, so we had Kathleen McConnell on, who uh, wrote the book "Don't Call It Ghosts." You know, a house full of ghost children, even a ghost baby. I mean, that's like, you know. No one unbelievable. Ever talks about that. Well, it's not no, unbelievable. Yes. It's, it's fact, isn't it? No, nobody ever talks about that. You know, it, no. they always talk about the scary ghosts. They oh, always talk thank about you. the... Thank you. Yeah.
2: Because, they you know, they're not... All, I, I'm not saying there aren't scary ghosts. Um, but We won't get onto that argument tonight. <laughs> but the, I think that, the you know, there are an awful lot of spirits, souls, entities out there that are there for whatever reason. But they're not
0: nasty. They're not there to get us. Let let me me tell you one thing, though, which is, this is a a story I ran into. And uh, it was a woman who was local uh, to my area, which is New England. And she had a son. It's an older lady. And she had a son, and she lived by herself. Well, the house became haunted. And uh, what it was is, you know, uh, she used to go out, and, and when she'd come in, the door the ghost would open the door for her and yeah. you know and then she would look for things and, and the ghost would find them for her uh, the ghost would uh, you know almost whatever her wishes the ghost would fulfill her and yeah. it got to the point where she never left out really right so the, the Sun came in and uh, you know, says, Mom, you know, how come you're not coming out of the house? She says, well, I have everything I need here. I don't need to leave. And uh, they went back and forth and everything else. And she finally admitted that there was a spirit in the house. And, and the son, of course, was thinking that she was crazy and everything.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: said, Look, listen, Mom, there are, there are no such thing as ghosts. And, and this is really not good for you. You've got to get out. And, in fact, I'm going to take you out. And as soon as he said that, there was two of the knitting needles in the basket by the side of it. It yeah, flew up, zipped by him, and flung into the wall behind him. Woohoo! And, of course, he, he got extremely frightened. And as he reached the front door to leave, the door flung open. And as he got <laughs> halfway through, it's one, you know, closed on him. So he, you know, he was quite concerned about this, of course. Yeah. So he came back. Uh, he came back, and he and uh, he brought the uh, uh, the local uh, priest with him.
2: I thought it so. was yeah.
0: Yeah, and so when they got to the door, uh, they, they rang the doorbell, and the mother would not let them in. Mm. And so it, it eventually got to the point uh, where it went to the courts. Right, because uh, I mean the woman would not leave the house. Uh, you know, you only had so much food there and everything else. And uh, so finally, the social service came in and uh, took her out of the house, and they actually put her in a nursing home. But all while they attempted to do do that, uh, things terrible things were happened to the people that came to. Uh, Remove her. Take oh, her away. Yeah, absolutely wow. frightening story. Now you don't, see, you know, we, we, this is the other side from uh, children to this. You know, it's it's amazing. I know you don't yeah. believe it evil, but, no, I wouldn't but that think... doesn't necessarily have to be an, an evil ghost.
2: No, you it wasn't. He just, it just yeah,
0: wanted her to stay. A uh, nasty ghost. You know what I'm saying? No, no. no well, I have a, a story
2: in in near Derby, um, a place called Chester Green, which is an old Roman a Roman fort, um, seven-acre Roman fort, in, in, almost in the centre of Derby. And there's a lady who has a, a ghost of a Roman soldier in her house, and it does the washing up for her. Really? And ha- and draws the curtains when, when it gets dark. It's a very similar situation. Yeah. But so, she's a, so... there with her husband as well. Oh, she lives um, with her husband. And she's got an old house, and it's got these old-fashioned um, picture uh, picture rails... So that, that her pictures or oil paintings are, are sort of hung on, on a on a string with a hook, and every now and then in the dining room, it get, it turns the pictures round so that they're facing the wall. And she hasn't got a clue why it does it. Maybe it doesn't like them. <laughs> probably doesn't. But it likes her, and it does the washing up for her.
0: It would be interesting to see what those pictures were of. Well, they're, they're mainly
2: scenes. I've been in, I've been into the house. and. Oh, you and, have? Oh yeah, talk to her about it. They're they're sort of quite big, um, old Victorian oil paintings. Yeah? And about four of them, and they're scenes. Are they old? No, nothing. Mm, probably Victorian. But for some reason, every now and then,
0: it just takes a dislike to them and turns them around. I wonder if there's a message or something in, behind them? or, or something I, I think you like could be, well, that's a point. You never know.
2: You never know. Or it might have been the artist that painted them, or... or I don't know. don't know. But don't it's know. not a nasty ghost. No, that's good. Just just helps her do the... Um, but she's seen it, and she's actually dressed as a Roman soldier. So how does it know about, about doing the washing... Well, I suppose they used to do it in the washing up
0: those days, didn't they? I don't know. Do you know... do I you know. <laughs> do, you, do you know where the word salary comes from, speaking of Roman soldiers? Yes, daughter- I do.
2: Yes, I do, because we used to pay uh, the a sol- a Roman soldiers' money, pages, wages, were partly paid in salt. And exactly. salarium, or salarum, is, is the, the Latin for salt. Isn't that cool? Which is where your salary came from. Isn't that awesome? I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And then the other, there's lots of those, but um, you know that the, the, left, the word for left in Latin is sinister.
0: I did not
2: know that. Ah, and that's where left-handed people were branded as witches. Sinister. I know. And we Dexter? know. We're just
0: about. I know. we just about out of time. Anything you no, want to mention blade. about? It's just about mentioning about your. I think we need a two-hour program, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, anything you want to mention uh, about what's coming up or whatever? Anything
2: that, yes, I've got a, um, a, a very interesting night on Valentine's night on the fourteenth of February. I'm doing a, um, a ghost stories at Derby Jail uh, for Valentine's night. Um, so they're going to be ghost stories connected with, uh, well, love stories. Murder, pa- crimes of passion. Really? Created murder, yes, and ghosts. And It's a two-course meal, uh, 25 pounds, uh, and I'm doing the ghost stories in front of the fire.
0: Oh, I'm looking cool. forward to that. And You know what? I've had the pleasure to uh, actually hear you do some ghost stories, and... I have mm-hmm. you're you're a very good bard. If that's what I'm a bard, a bard. A bod. <laughs> uh, not not well, whatever a bard.
2: Absolutely right. Yeah, I've got all sorts of very exciting things coming up. I'm doing yeah. a TV pilot on Saturday night. Excellent. Where? Well, yeah. uh, in in um, Northamptonshire, and they're letting me do what I want to be controversial. Uh, you
0: controversial?
2: <laughs> yeah, and I'm also having to go off alone in the building with a heart monitor on. That's interesting. That's going to be quite
0: exciting. Did I ever tell you what I did to Maureen? No, Maureen's no. uh, uh, transmedium. I had this bright idea that when she channels, maybe we could, uh, you know, you know, keep an eye on like her blood pressure and stuff. So I brought in yeah. this this digital uh, blood pressure thing. Well, guess what? The spirit's almost the damn thing up. She's up there turning purple as this thing is tightening and tightening on her arm. <laughs> <laughs> because it was in a haunted location, and you know what spirits can do to, to electronics. It's yep. like, oh, my God. Yeah, she never lets me forget that. That was amazing. It's a good job you didn't put it around her neck. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know what? A, a few times I, I would like to, you know, I've thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, uh, that's about it for tonight. So,
2: wow, I enjoyed that.
0: I, d- I do have a, a paranormal study group coming up on the 16th, I believe, at the Circles of Wisdom. Also, we will be doing a ghost hunt uh, at the Vault in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, you can get tickets for those through the Circles of Wisdom in Andover. So, it's I guess we're gonna wrap it up. Looks like it. It's good night for me. Yep. So, from and it's good night uh, from you. you. Where were you? Derby, Derby, England. Good night. Good night. England. Yeah, right. Good night, of the universe. Yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you soon, guys.
1: From goalies to ghosties. I, 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 ghosties. I, I Memories of